My name is Kaylee Golden, your favourite girl from Brum, and this is the Radio Silence Podcast. On this podcast, we've been sharing the stories of minority groups within the UK radio industry and generally just asking everyone and myself, how can we do better? Because let's be honest, things need to change. Now, throughout season one, we've been focusing on the stories of black heritage creatives in the industry. Now, today's episode, I'll be speaking to myself. I haven't been able to share my personal journey or the work I do or why I think representation is so important. So this episode, it's just me talking about my experiences. But before we get into it, I just want to take a moment to mention that this season is dedicated to the incredible work being done at Black Minds Matter. Now, Black Minds Matter is such a great charity, very, very close to my heart, because they aim to empower communities to make everlasting change, to learn more about them and to donate to their cause. And please do, just see the notes of this podcast. Right, let's get into it. So I'm sure you're very familiar of me and who I am. Well, I hope so, how many episodes in. But yeah, I go by the name Kaylee Golden, your favourite girl from Brum. Now, I have that slogan, your favourite girl from Brum, because everything I do is about representation. It's about celebrating who I am, where I come from, and who came before me, and who's going to come up after me. And that's why this podcast is so important, because I've got to speak to so many great, great people. I got into radio, like everyone else, volunteering. I remember I was like 14 years old and there was this program ran by Punch Records in Birmingham and they was creating a station called Base FM. And it was just a quick one, 30 day license, a very, very short term radio station, but I still signed up for it. You had to be 16, but I was like, yep, (laughs) I'm 16. Let me do it because I really wanted to just learn more about radio. And I went and I produced a show and I presented the show. And from then I just fell in love so, so much. But if we take it before then, because what even got me to want to go there in the first place And I would say listening to Trevor Nelson on BBC Radio 1 Extra, my mum absolutely loves Trevor Nelson. She adores him. So she'd always have his show on on the weekend and always listen. And she had his CD. So even when he wasn't on air before Catch Up and all that, she would be listening to a Trevor Nelson selection. And then like Boxing Day, he used to come to Birmingham. So she'd go to like a Boxing Day event of Trevor Nelson's. And that love really was passed down to me. I would love how he would connect with my mom, but then also teach me about songs that were way before my time. Like I wouldn't be so obsessed with Biggie Smalls if it wasn't for Trevor Nelson. And just having him play this music, it's kind of what took me away from listening to like Capital and like BR&B, that was a Birmingham station back in the day. Because all my friends would be listening to that because I was predominantly from a white area. And they'd be like, yeah, I'm listening to Galaxy or BR&B. And I'd be like, yeah, this is awkward. But I'm listening to Trevor Nelson. I'm an extra playing old school music. But I absolutely loved it. And he really was the one that taught me about radio. And I always think, what would have happened if 
I didn't listen to him, if I listened to what everyone else was listening to in my school, would I have even had that interest in radio? Because if none of these people sounded like me, none of these people looked like me. And with radio changing, we can really see what the presenters look like. And when I say about representation, it's not just the case of having someone that has brown skin like me. It's the case of having someone that's talking about things that are relevant to me and my life. Do you know what I mean? I can listen to one extra and they'll be having an argument about plantain or plantain. What's the way to say it? And that is just relevant to my life because that is a conversation that I would have. Someone just talking about things that aren't relevant to me. How am I meant to connect with that? And radio, we call it the personal medium because you're talking to someone specifically, even though you're talking to the whole world. So that's what it's about. It's about being able to connect with people. And that's why representation is so, so, so important. Now, when I done that show when I was 14 and I done some presenting, and I done some producing, even though I enjoyed them both, I only really went down the production route. And to be honest, that was because I thought I couldn't be a presenter. Having like a brummy accent, having a lisp, and let's be honest, like a lot of the presenters of colour that are on air, they're very, let's say like petite or really pretty, or they have this look about them. And I don't have that, but I also don't want it because I'm happy being me. So it was like, where do I go from here? What do I do? Because I love radio so much. So I've done production. And don't get it twisted. I made that decision that if I was going to work in production and programming, I am going to aspire to be a program director. So anyone that knows me like pre-2000 and let's say 17, they would know Kaylee who really wanted to be a program director. And when I worked in like a community station, I would want to learn every single role. I'd want to understand every single part of radio because I wanted to learn how to manage each role. It wasn't until this year that I've kind of started to understand why I felt so insecure and like I couldn't be a presenter. And I really do believe it's because of I wasn't represented. I didn't see anyone that looked or sounded like me. Like how many presenters do you know that jumble their words about and has a lisp? Not many. But again, radio is about connecting with people. People like to hear from real human beings that aren't perfect all the time and that mess things up and make up their own words and sound a little bit different because that's what's interesting. Humans as a whole, we are interesting people because we all have a different story to share. So just having people that are always the same, how can you actually be making good audio? How can you actually be making interesting audio? How can your audience actually be that interested all the time? Unless you're just settling as a passive station, unless you're just settling. But is that what you want? Do you not want to strive to be the best out there? And I would say if you do want to strive, then make them changes that you haven't made before. Make more representation within your radio station. So that's just a little bit about me and my journey. Now, the point that I kind of made that transition from being a producer to a presenter was in university of course big up my student radio crew that's really somewhere that you can be creative and do something different from everything else that you're doing so I thought yeah I'm gonna do a specialist show and even though it's personality driven it still was classed as a specialist show 
Because a lot of the time in student radio, unless you don't sound like a mainstream station, so like your Capitals or your Radio Ones or your Kisses, it's like you just get palmed off to be a late night show, even though you're not specialist. So I was doing, I think it was like Saturday, no, Sunday, sorry, six till seven, doing in quotation marks an urban show. So I was doing that and I really, really enjoyed it. And then I learned about the Student Radio Awards and I thought, oh, I'm going to put myself forward for Best Specialist and Best Female. I never got it the first year. And the second year, I got the Best Specialist and it was so incredible. I was just like, wow, maybe I could be a presenter. Maybe I really could do this. And from that point, I then started to present on the Beat London, which is a community station in London but with that said I went there as a producer first and I never had the confidence to maybe speak up and say I want to be a presenter until I really got this award so I thought yeah maybe I can actually do this this is so much fun and in the second year for student radio I got best specialist a year big up myself two years in a row and then I got best interview gold and silver the same year in the same category and it's so crazy because like the people that that judge that is like people from LBC or Radio 4 and reading the comments it was just like it's mad how you're able to connect with people and you're able to do this you're able to do that and I never really thought in my head that I would be able to get award past best specialist because it's like I placed myself into that box but now I know I didn't place myself into that box the industry put me in that box. The industry made me feel like I could only be best specialist. And that's maybe why I thought, oh, I'll go for best female. But I never got a nomination. And the best interview really, really hit me. out, And I just remember being like, wow, I really, I really did do this. And then that was also the year that I got the Radio 1 slot to do early breakfast and cover for Adele throughout the Christmas period. And from that moment, I thought, it's like my eyes opened. I generally was just like, why have I never sent a demo to Radio 1? Why have I just always been one extra, one extra, one extra, capital extra, capital extra? Even when I'd contact KISS, I'd only contact them for KISS Fresh. And I never thought, oh, what about actual main stations? Why can't I do that? Because I've just done a Radio 1 show and it was really good and I really enjoyed it. So now I see myself as more than just a specialist presenter. I can not only do daytime on a specialist station, but I can do daytime on a mainstream station. And more of us people, and when I say us people, I mean people that think that they're specialists just because they like to play black music or they like to play Asian music. They need to start to look and say, do you know what? I can actually do daytime. So that really inspired me. It really, really did. Now, the Radio Silence movement it's like my two friends, Sarah and Palama, who produce this. I feel like I've been having these conversations with them for so long throughout university and throughout life. And <laughs> when I say throughout life, it sounds so deep. But throughout the time that I've known them, and they've always been like, but why can't you do it? Just do it, just do it. And I've always second-guessed myself. So to have them come to me with this information and be like, we're really going to do this, like we're going to make change... It's really inspired me to have all these conversations that I've been having with myself and these battles that I've been having with myself, to have them with the world and really address them. And that's what this podcast has been about. And that's why I love it so much. We're addressing the industry and we're saying, look, why is things like this? It's not right. It needs to change. Now, you know, the two most important questions that I ask in the podcast is why do I think there's a lack of diversity within radio? 
Now, for me, I think the main one is free work. The reason for that is, if you're from a low-income background, which I was, how can you dedicate so much time to something that's a free-based industry, basically? Does that make sense? So if your parents haven't got the money to pay for your lunch while you're there, pay for your travel, especially if you're outside of London as well, you don't even live in the city, so you're having to commute and pay for trains into a different city just to get work experience in something that you love. How can you do that if your parents haven't got money? I was only able to do it because I got a scholarship. So if you don't have a scholarship, what do you do then? I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't at all. So it's understanding that. Me personally, I was studying, working at Selfridges and House of Fraser, and then also volunteering at Capital Birmingham. And I was doing them jobs just to be able to afford like a laptop and just to be able to afford to catch the bus and go to Capital on a Saturday. Shout out to Sasha Brooks as always, absolute queen. And it was worth it because I learned so much there. But then it's also how much stress can a teenager put on themselves just to be able to do something that they love? And this is the thing that breaks my heart. I'm not the only one with that story. As I speak to more black creatives and black heritage creatives within the industry, they went through the same thing. And when I say, no, not all black people come from a low income background, or it's not just black people as a whole that are low income. Yes, there's definitely white families that are from a low income background as well. But it's stats show, stats show that you're more likely to be from a low income background if you are an ethnic minority. That's just proof. That's just the stats. Don't argue with me, argue with the stats. So it kind of narrows down how many people can get into these industries. We don't look at the back end of it. We kind of just say, oh, here's an internship. Come if you can. Or just come in shadow. And do you know how much it can cost just to come in shadow? Do you understand how much that can cost one human being? And if you ain't got the money, then what then? What do you do then? So it's it's like a cycle. It's a complete cycle. And by doing that, we're just pushing people out of the industry that we say that people should love and have passion for. But how can you have passion for an industry that don't want you? It's difficult. It's very, very difficult. But anyway, we find a way. We find a way and we do it. And that's why when I say to stations, go into community stations, go into student radio, because you will have the people there that work so hard because they love it so much. And we do it for nothing. But then rather than doing that, a station will just go and get someone's brother or get someone's son. How is that fair? And then you question why everyone looks the same in your office. There's your answer. Do you know what I mean? More than likely, if you get someone's son, guess what? they're probably going to look like them. Do you know what I mean? It's common sense. So that's why I think there's an issue there. Free work. Shout out to all the companies that have signed up to the Broccoli Equality and Audio Pack because of if you have, then you can't offer out free work no more. And when I say get rid of free work, that don't mean take out all ways for grassroots to get in. I'm saying keep doing your internships, keep doing your work experience, but just make sure you're paying for them. That's it. We don't ask for much. And then the final question that I always ask is, how can we make change? And the answer to that is just to listen. If you just listen to this podcast, if you just listen 
to the Black Heritage people in your offices, then you will know what you need to do to make change. You will know because we will tell you. But if you're not willing to listen, how on earth are you going to know what we need? So just listen. That's it. It's simple. (laughs) It's not difficult. I'm just so empowered by everyone that we've spoken to in this podcast. I think now would be a great time to play some of our best bits from this series. If you want to target and make money from certain demographics, please make sure you're putting money in the pockets from those demographics as well. Again, stop assuming what these young people want and need and start employing these young people so they can deliver what young people want and need. I like mainstream pop music. It's one of the things where throughout uni, people would say to me, oh yeah, one day you're going to be on One Extra, you're going to be on Capital Extra. And I say, but what if I don't want to, what if I want to work on Heart? What if I want to work on Capital Breakfast Show or Drive Time? You know, why do I have to want to work on one of the extras to be in radio? And I think if there was more representation across all of these stations, then that stereotype wouldn't be a thing. Like I could study radio and not have people think that I want to work in a certain genre of radio because of what I look like. But then now that I work in radio, I understand why it's so important when it comes to representation, so important to have a variety, so important to have people from different backgrounds, beliefs and genders and race and religions. And it's it's because radio is there to give like escape, to give information, to give like ultimate music vibes wherever possible. But the big thing there is educate. And it's like you can't educate someone. If it's just like 10 white people in a room, you're not going to be able to educate on things that matter to black people and it come from a genuine space, which won't come across offensive or sort of lacking in knowledge. Even my current job, I'm not going to lie, I walked into the interview room, there was two white people interviewing me. I was like, like straight away, even in myself, I thought, I'm not getting this job. Do you know what I mean? Because you already feel that barrier of, you're not going to get me, you're not going to understand me in this interview, you're not going to get my culture, you're not going to get my character. Like before you've even got the job, the interview process, if you walk into a room and you don't feel represented, how can you then join that company? If somebody is marginalised in any way, so from an underrepresented group or their workplace isn't inclusive, they can't bring their whole selves to work because a percentage of their brain is constantly thinking about that thing that you don't have in place to support them. It's a worry that's always there and that's always carried with them. So it benefits industries and business to fix this. It's so important that people that are changing their programming or maybe putting out documentaries or doing something for Black History Month, that Black people exist outside of October. We have to keep this going. You can't just say, Black people are here for a month out of the year and that's it because it don't work like that. We're Black (laughs) 24-7. Thank you. That's it. That's exactly it. Now that is some of the best bits. Thank you to every single guest on this series. Before I go... I just want to offer out an open invitation for all the radio bosses at every single radio station across the country. If you're listening to this and if you are making change, then here's an invitation onto our podcast. Come and sit down and talk to me about the changes that you're making at your radio station. We want to hear them. We want to inspire other radio bosses We want to inspire people that want to get into radio but feel like they can't. 
So here's an open invitation. Just hit us up. You're more than welcome onto the podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this episode or you just enjoyed them all, which I really, really hope that you do, then make sure you subscribe to Radio Silence. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Radio Silence Pod. So feel free to get in touch. Let us know what you think. And also let us know if you want to come and share your story. Radio Silence is presented by me, Kaylee Golden, produced by Palama Kaufman and Sarah Hebimoti, and engineered by Eric Breer. The music was made by Blackish Productions, and we'll be back very soon with more stories to share.